right. Hello. Here we are. Holidays are over. We're back on recording. Well, um, as far as everyone's concerned, we've not had any time off. <laughs> yeah, but we can be honest with people. We took a little break for Christmas. That's fine. I mean, this is probably launching middle of spring now, isn't it? Yeah, but, you know. We'll, we'll pretend we're they, in the They spring. know it's not live. I yeah, mean, of I think course. We're people into thinking, I mean, Absolutely. should we try to immerse people into thinking that we're just in their car with them? Well, if uh, we will be recording live episodes in between our pre-recorded episodes, so let them let them know where we're at, I guess. But it'll be yeah, confusing if we launch one from this week, this week, and then one from last year, this month. <laughs> that's cool, man. Now we're like multiple timelines intertwining. I like it. All up in your shit. You'll you'll know so, when we're in different time zones because my voice will change. You'll be able to tell when I've hit puberty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Um, yeah. Adam, you want to introduce today? Yeah. So, me and Blair were just having a little chat, and he was like, what are we talking about, man? And I was like, well, truth be told, we're, we're just coming, well, obviously, we've just experienced January, and one of the biggest loads of bullshit I ever hear is... It's time to be motivated. Everyone posting about motivation. It's motivation time. You need to be motivated. Let's get you motivated. If you're not motivated, come and train with me. Oh my days. I just can't deal with it anymore. So today's episode is motivation is overrated. I know this, this podcast is called A Healthy Debate, which I think we will probably debate two sides, but agree on the fact I also think that motivation is overrated. But we'll talk about the pros and cons, like why motivation is good and why motivation is bad, and then we'll tell our opinions. I think the term healthy debate will come more so when we bring guests on than people who we're going to want to fight. <laughs> we will talk about both sides, which is part of what a debate should be, the pros, cons, the, the right, the wrong, that kind of stuff. But we do not disagree. I also think motivation is overhyped overrated and kind of bullshit so you know uh, what let's, let's hear your take on it let's uh i used to say motivation is bullshit and i think i need to rephrase that it's not bullshit because it can come in handy but it is overrated and people are pushing it like it's the agenda to achieve and it's the goal that you want to strive for it's it's not something that you're chasing. If you start chasing motivation, you are chasing a feeling. And we've said this before, motivation is a feeling like happiness, sadness, excitement, crying, laughter. It's just another emotion. And if you think about any of your other emotions, you never experience any of them 24-7. They are going to go on peaks and they're going to go on troughs. So you're going to feel great and then you're going to feel not great and that's how motivation works as well so chasing motivation is the same thing as chasing happiness you can't chase happiness you are either happy or you're not and so that's something you experience in life based on how you feel about yourself and motivation is just i think falls into the same category of if you are motivated fantastic take advantage of it and use it to become the best you can while you have this level of excitement to want to do something for yourself. But when motivation fades, you cannot go chasing it because if it doesn't come back, that means A, either the goal was not strong enough for you to stick to because you were chasing motivation to achieve it, or B, 
<laughs> you're never going to find motivation again, and therefore <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> I love your point about you know peaks and valleys or, or troughs and crests like a wave. I think people don't recognize that. I use the same analogy, or I'll use the analogy of a roller coaster. I always tell my clients motivation it is a great tool. It is one of the most powerful tools when it's there, and it sucks the life out of the room when it's not. But like a roller coaster, riding the roller coaster down, you know, when you have the mechanical crank taking you to the top and then you're, you're at the peak of the hill, it's easy to ride. It's easy to ride motivation. But without that mechanical crank to get you to the top of the first peak, there is no ride. You know, so you find yourself in a trough with no motivation and it's like, well, there goes my goals, there goes my effort, there goes my consistency because I'm no longer motivated. And so it's, it's, a, it's a powerful tool to have and utilize when it's there, but really it's not sustainable. Like you said, it's, it's like our emotions. It's something that you can't have all the time. The more successful people that I see in long-term fitness health goals, they use their goals to create motivation. They don't use motivation to achieve their goals. Part of it is setting ourselves up for what can I, what effort can I give? What can I do? How much can I put in when I'm not motivated? And then when I am motivated, I can overachieve, overexcel, go beyond what my minimum goal is. And so we want to start small to where motivation doesn't need to be present for us to do it. Mm-hmm. I can do 10 minutes a day without being motivated. If I am motivated, I can do half an hour or an hour. And I think that's usually my advice when trying to circumvent motivation. But I agree, it's, it's not something that's going to be ever present. And it can absolutely destroy your progress if you're banking on it always being there or propelling your journey. Yeah, a lot of people also confuse motivation and inspiration as well. I think a lot of people are like, well, I'm looking for motivation. But in actual fact, you've watched a video of someone doing something inspiring to you that makes you feel excited inside. And it makes you feel like you're closer to what you wanted to achieve than you were before. But then when you lose that feeling, you tend to end up going oh, well, I'm not as close as I thought I was, and then therefore I'm going to give up. But a lot of people are just holding on to motivation. And I just tend to find that when you hold on to motivation as your main tool, you're going to struggle to achieve what you want to achieve. And that's why I just think motivation is completely overrated. And, And a lot of times when I'm training in the gym, or I'm posting videos of me training or whatever, I get so many messages of people going, oh, how do you stay motivated? And I'm just like, I'm not fucking motivated. I don't want to go to the gym right now. I'm human too, you know. Just because I work in the industry doesn't mean I want to train all of the time. Like that, And that false sense of motivation that people are putting out there through social media, it pisses me off a little bit. Because I'm not always excited to go to the gym. I'm, I've been training really hard the past four months for this big competition, and it's finally tomorrow, and I'm dreading it. And I've hated, I, I'm no, hate it's a strong word actually. I've disliked all of the training in the build up to this competition. But what it has done, it's sort of helped me through a lot of injuries and whatnot. And so 
rather than thinking I don't want to do this or I do want to do this, I remind myself that for me my trigger is failure is not an option and so therefore my purpose of why i keep going is because i refuse to fail and that's just something i've had with me since i was a young child and so it's never motivation it's never inspiration it's it's more so like i've got something to prove to myself and so that's and someone might say that's motivation but it's really not because i don't want to go to the gym but i do it because it needs to be done and i have a little different take with What's my inspiration, motivation, determination, whatever words, insert word here. I, in the way I instruct my clients, there is no end game with health, fitness, nutrition, but dying and dying healthy and late. That is my goal with every single client. The point is, this is a journey for the rest of my life. So I will fail. I will have troughs and peaks. I will have ups and downs. I will have periods. I've already experienced it in my life. Uh, Lost my dad in 2014. Did not have motivation to work out or eat well or take care of myself for almost a year. Drank almost every single day. But then all of a sudden, I decided I didn't like the way my life was going. I wasn't motivated to change things. I was determined to not fall into this dark hole. And I didn't want my life to go a certain way. And it wasn't a a motivational or inspirational moment. There was no aha, let's change things. It was, this sucks. Let me do something about it. You know, so within dying healthy and late, we can reverse type two diabetes. We can lose weight. We can get stronger or, you know, develop a consistent routine or bike farther, whatever other goals we have or training we want to do, or, you know, we can add smaller goals along the way, but by seeing it as the rest of your life, you are going to make mistakes and fail and get back up and fall off the horse and keep going. And it, it will always be an up and down journey. But as long as we stay the course, motivation or not, the point is to die as healthy and late as possible. That is the end game with health and nutrition in my mind. Sure, but a lot of people won't be thinking that far ahead. Therefore, they won't be thinking that in general. And I guess a lot of people listening to us say this might turn around and go, well, if you're not motivated, why do you do it? You know, what makes you keep doing it? And that will be completely different for each individual person. What's What strikes me to get up in the morning and do what I do and what strikes Blair are going to be two different reasons. And what makes Blair get up in the morning might not make me get up in the morning. So we can't give the answer of what makes us do what we do for you because you have to do a bit of like self-development and self-reflection to understand what your key indicators are that get you up in the morning or get you out of bed or get you moving to do what you want to do to be a better version of yourself and i think the key there is what's making you a better version of yourself we are two people that probably have a combined four decades in the game you know i mean i've been doing this for 20 plus years i'm sure you're right in the same boat the thing is I do things because I like the way they make me feel. I am not motivated to get up and go out and walk in sub-freezing temperature, which it is right now. I The way I've gotten better about I, – I literally went from almost 15,000 steps a day to less than 4,000 steps a day when it started snowing and getting cold outside. The way I've changed that is not by getting motivated and watching a video on YouTube of, of Wim Hof, the Iceman, and, and <laughs> shit like that. 
I put a balaclava and a pair of gloves inside of my heavy coat so that my beanie is sitting on the banister right next to the door outside. So when I get up to take the dogs out, instead of just being in the frigid cold, ready to go back inside, I'm geared up. So the second I walk outside, I'm already going for a walk because I know I feel better, less stressed, more energized, ready to take on the day by getting a quick mile or so walk as soon as I get up and start the day. And then you go to the shop in your balaclava and you say, give me all your money. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, clearly you have to rob someone if you have a full face mask on. To get started, I think motivation can be a good tool. I'm motivated to change my health. I'm motivated to, you know, but if you're not working with someone who can help you see motivation should turn from extrinsic. I'd like to lose weight or have abs or whatever external thing you want to improve to intrinsic. I like the way I feel. I like the energy I have. I am sleeping better to unnecessary. I don't need motivation. I feel, you know, this is consistency. This is something that I've built up. I don't have to talk myself into a walk. I know it's what my body needs. I know, you know, and this is where we can get confused with listen to your body after 20 years. I can listen to my body and sometimes it still betrays me. But when someone who has never struggled with weight or motivation or fitness or whatever else that you are struggling with says, oh, listen to your body. It tells you when you're full. Like I was morbidly obese. <laughs> the fuck it doesn't. I, you know, for the longest time wanted to be morbidly obese. I had to in- intentionally lose weight. And I think that's a word we should, we should transition to at some point is intention is more powerful than almost anything else that we do on a daily basis. Mm. Well, I actually want to talk about the topic you were just bringing up on another episode, mindful eating, quote unquote. We'll do that another another episode. But I agree intention is, is the key here. Without intention, you know, most of us are never going to really stick through what we want to do to achieve our goals. Um, I actually had an, an old client come up to me recently and she she wanted to train with me again. And she, she goes, Adam, I want a six pack. And I said, what, what do you want a six pack for? You know, or why? And uh, she goes, just because it looks good. And I'm like, I, I need I need a, a deeper reason of why you want a six pack. And she goes, I don't have one. And I'm like, well, go away and reflect on it. But if you don't have a deeper reason, I'm not I'm not going to be the trainer to coach you through it because when it gets tough, just because it looks good is not going to be your reason to keep doing something when you're struggling and you have no energy and you're finding that the days are really hard and you need a reason to get out of bed and you're like, I'm doing it just to look good. You're not going to do that. And the flip side of that, I have a client who I had to actually take a a step back from, I saw too much of myself in him. I mean, still see him regularly, but I, I had to mentally write my view of, of him as, as a younger me. But I noticed it with myself. I noticed it with a lot of clients. You also can't place happiness on an image. And I think mm. a lot of people wind up doing that. If I only looked this way or weighed this amount, I would just be happy. And that can be the starting motivation. Number one, that motivation will wane, like we've mentioned. Number two, I can guarantee you that you will not be happy at that body weight, that image, whatever it is. If you're, if you're hinging it on a, an image that you have for yourself, I lost over 120 pounds. I got down to 175. And when I look back at pictures in college, I had abs. But when I was in the moment, I never saw them because 
I thought I was fat. I was still chasing an image that I would never achieve because mentally I had a block against it. The body image would never be what I saw. Even if you can place your happiness on this image, that is a very tumultuous and unstable thing to place happiness on. You gain any weight, those abs slightly disappear, and now you're unhappy. That is not how you want your life to be lived. So one, just wanting something is not enough intention to, to make it happen. And even if you place – if you, you can place the wrong deeper intent, my happiness is hinged on this, and it, it can make it even more difficult you know, my intention is never to look a certain way. Do I want to lose weight? Sure, absolutely. I'd love to be about 15 pounds lighter and I'm working on it. Would I love to get stronger? Yeah, my intent is to deadlift 450. I don't know what that is in kilos, 230? I don't know. About 210 pounds, maybe. 210? Okay, yeah. See, I can't do it that quick. You know, I'm not going to hurt myself to do it. I'm not going to rush through it. I'm not going to miss out on life for a body image. My intent is there. But my realistic approach to it can override that inspiration, motivation, get it done right now factor. The you know intent requires, like Adam said, something deeper, but also realism. You know, I, my intent has to be realistic, otherwise it can be dangerous or damaging. And you know what? I think that's what most people don't reflect on when they choose the goal that they want. Um, no goal is ever easily achieved and and if it is it probably is you know maybe a short term or a small goal you know like a little step but if you have big visions and big dreams and you want something huge whether it's a transformation in your body or a big career jump or whatever it may be nothing ever comes easy and i think a lot of people don't or i said i said don't or then they don't really look as far as what do I do when things are going to get tough? What is going to be my driving force that still makes me continue with this journey? Because I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere or I'm not moving as quick as I would like to. And a lot of people, when, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, everyone has dark days and they have good days. But it's what do you tell yourself to keep going when you don't want to keep going? And if you can't tell yourself something valuable enough now, while you're feeling good and you're telling yourself that, you know what, when I'm struggling, that same value of why I want to achieve it is still going to get me up and get me achieving it. That would be the what's going to get you to your goal. But so many people will make a decision based on a high that they've got, but they'll never ever really, the people who tend to go the furthest are the ones who really make it in their lows, I think. You know, when you're yeah. in your low you you have nowhere further to go and you will remember that feeling so far that you don't want to feel that again and you will stick through it until you've achieved you've you've gotten through it or you've gotten to a better place and not to say you can't do it on a high because i'm i don't make decisions on a low i have done but most of my decisions come from a neutral place but what i tell myself is will i still do this when i don't feel like doing it anymore and if I say to myself, yeah, then I know that's the goal for me. I think that's good advice to if you come up with a decision, goal or intention, motivated, whatever. When you're at a peak 
in elation or a trough in sadness or, or being distraught, earmark it and revisit it when you're in a more stable frame of mind. You know, never make decisions when you're in an extreme of emotions because mm. I can like I can be very motivated to do something when I'm feeling great. And then Monday morning rolls around and that alarm at 6.30 hits when I decided I'm going to start working out before I go to work and hit the snooze, hit the snooze, hit the snooze, and now all of a sudden I, I'm late. You know, it's it's tough to make decisions and stick to them when we do them in a place of, you know, extremity. And I, But I do think more often than not we – tend to be more successful from what I've seen. The aversion of bad is more of a driving force than the feeling of positive for a lot of people. I I don't want to feel this low anymore. So that's why I focus on this journey as opposed to, I liked how I felt at this, you know, level of motivation or, or extremity, extreme height. I think there's a balance. And I think I learned that from my coach now that I, I um, my driving force is always more negative than it is positive and so he goes but what about on the flip side and I never really looked at it from that point of view and when you look at it from one end of the spectrum you can you can that could be quite toxic in itself and so I yeah. think it's important to and so he sort of helped me you know relocate my goal as why do I want to achieve it and how how do I want to feel at the top of it? And how do I not want to feel at the bottom of it? And so I remind myself how I, where I want to be at the top. And I also remind myself where I don't want to be at the bottom. Now, you don't have to favor one or the other. You can sit on both ends and use both of them. as a, If you've got double the driving force, you know where you want to go and you know where you don't want to go, you have a better chance of achieving it. You know, versus being really extreme on one end, I found I put I put myself under a lot of pressure just by only focusing solely on the negative, and so I think there is a balance to be struck there. Yeah, I think there should be, but I do feel that I see more often people are more long term fueled by the absence of a negative versus the addition of a positive. And I do agree that that can be toxic, and and you should look at it from both perspectives. So this is kind of just a word of wisdom from us is try to see both sides of the coin and not just the absence of a negative is the better fuel. That's not what I'm saying, but I, I think that that tends to be how most people work, especially in America where we have angels and demons and more often than not, angels, angels, <laughs> demons are more scary than angels are exciting. And, mm. and that's, you know, just something to look out for that that can be a toxic environment. My dad used to always say with romantic relationships, but I think it applies to all relationships. It's more a measure of how successful a relationship is, how you make it out of the hard times than it is how you feel during the good. There is no relationship without both. And it's easy to, to feel happy. It's easy to root for the good guy. You know, it's, it's harder to understand the plight of the bad guy. It's understand to, measure success by your tenacity and how you deal with hard times when the shit hits the fan, whether that's an interpersonal relationship, a romantic relationship, a food relationship, you name it. How you handle struggle and adversity is usually what makes success. Yeah. I mean, I think we've given 
everyone a lot of things to think about here. So, you know, I'm happy to sort of we'll we'll re- we'll revisit this episode. You know, hopefully with a guest next time. I'd like to bring on like maybe someone who as a job is a motivator or an inspirer or something. And you know, it'd be good to get their thoughts versus ours because I don't just only want people who agree with us to come on. I want people to disagree with us too. And a, a motivator, us telling them they're overrated, <laughs> they're going to disagree with us. But maybe to some degree, if they're open enough, they'll agree with us and see our point of view That's too. That's a cool concept. Like trying to see if we can get guests to revisit episodes knowing they might disagree with us. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd also, um, you know, anyone who's listened to this episode, if there's anything you took away from it, feel free to message us on our um, Instagram page, you know, a healthy debate. And, um, you know, feel free to have conversations with us. And we're more than happy to bring these. We might do like Q&As in the future where you guys are interacting with us, asking us questions. And we'll throw out episodes where we just talk about all this stuff as well. A healthy debate runs purely on fat and is completely free of banned substances. This episode was edited by Blair Solberger. So if it sucks, blame him. The next episode will be out in a week wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at A Healthy Debate or on YouTube at youtube.com slash at A Healthy Debate.